Today we spoke with Tom, a member of the Awkwardly Zen community. We talked about his spiritual path, shifting beliefs, and about getting in touch with spiritual gifts later in life. If you want to contact Spirit Road, you can email us at spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Laurie Hewitt. And this this is Spirit Spirit Road. funny guy because um, I learned from, from people like George Carlin. And I think George Carlin was ahead of his time spiritually. And he did a whole bunch of things about um, Catholic school. And I, I did some hard time in Catholic school too. And he came up with the famous line, or maybe he didn't come up with it, but he uses the famous line, if God is all powerful, can he build a rock so big that he himself can't lift it? And if you ask a question like that in Catholic school, you might just get, at best, you'll get a funny look. <laughs> you might get, um, you know, a good stern talking to. So, but it raises the questions like what, I think the biggest one he raised is if if God loves you and loves you more than you love yourself, why would there ever be a situation where he would commit you to an eternity in hell? So is there really a hell? And depending on who you talk to, in all kinds of religions, they'll convince you that there is a hell. But I'm not sure that there is. And I think that may be one of the most primary driving forces for me, which was not all of this made sense. It just didn't. God loved me so much. Why would I be allowed to do the things that would send me to hell? And who is actually down there right now? And what did they do to get there? And most of us live our lives with a very positive intent. We're trying to do better. We're trying to grow. We're trying to um, learn. And um, that shouldn't end you up in an eternal sentence in hell. So I'm going to say that was my fundamental thought that got me thinking there's something different, bigger, and better out there than what they're teaching. So what do you do when you have that thought? Like, where did that lead you were you in the midst of community where questioning things like that kind of puts you on the outside a little bit definitely and and still had family that wouldn't have uh, really approved too much of me going in a different direction now my mother who who's now on the other side to her credit who was a very staunch catholic but to her credit in later years started to really go with me on some of these thoughts. She knew that there were bigger and better things out there. She just showed up, didn't she? <laughs> she showed up, I, I don't know. She showed up to Lori, I think. I don't know, maybe both of you. She knew that not everything that churches in general teach is necessarily the absolute reality of what the spiritual world is. And so um, she began to listen to me, and we talked at length 
um, so many times, many, many times about what's out there. And at no point did she ever say, you're crazy, you're wrong. She, she listened, she asked good questions, and she, she didn't necessarily believe everything I had to say, but she kept an open mind. And for someone who was of the greatest generation, that's quite a statement as not necessarily open to different modalities of thought. Yeah. So in answer to your question, Tim, I, I think that, yeah, there were some risks and there were some challenges for taking on new beliefs and figuring it out slowly by yourself. Another thing, boy, in college, we used to make fun of Shirley MacLaine because she had lived uh, multiple, she had been re- reincarnated. We thought that was hilarious. But later in life, it didn't make sense that you get one shot at this earth presence. And I have the exact same shot as a baby who makes it only two days and then passes, or someone who is horribly challenged in some way and then uh, doesn't have the same opportunities that I do. How could they possibly be judged in the same way that I am? And how can I possibly be judged with people with much greater opportunity than I have? So the only answer to that question is maybe that's not your only shot at it. Maybe you get to try different things. Maybe you get to have a life as a physically challenged person or a mentally challenged person. Maybe you get to have a life as a rock star and or a, a famous athlete and you get to see how your soul responds to all those situations, what experiences you get from all of those different situations. Mm-hmm. And so that made a whole lot more sense than one shot and you're done. Better get it right. Cause if you don't, you're going to burn. And, and George Carlin could tell you all about what hell's like, cause he had a good time describing it. Um, so it just, to me, my logical mind helped me get around to a point where this made more sense. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm stricken with the um, being very left-brained, and Lori knows this because we talk about it. But mm-hmm. um, I'm an IT professional, and and still love to do geeky things. And logic sort of dictates my path. So, in a spiritual sense, you don't have to be strictly on your creative side and on your believing what you're told side. You have to use your own logic. And it's possible to figure it out logically with just um, gathering what teachers tell you and putting it all together. You don't think, though, that at some point you have to really tap into that intuition part of you, though, in order to take that leap from the logic to, yes, this is possible or this is true. 100%, Lori. But I I guess if I'm going to go with what I just said, I would say maybe that's one of my teachers. Yeah, I think we have that in common. I'm an IT professional as well. And my life has been this balancing act of trying to ask those same kinds of questions, like a lot of what you just shared. I I remember having those same trains of thought and trying to balance that with um, more intuitive feelings and even that understanding sometimes that things we want to figure out with our head, we really have to figure out with our heart. And that was very difficult for me to make that leap and just learn things like trust and surrender and faith and all of those. I always wanted to tell the story around that. I think for me, like thinking on my journey, I remember asking that question 
um, is it not a testament to there being some form of the divine that all of these different religions in the world have some concept of God, different right. names, different different ideas, but the fact that these cultures, some of them isolated from each other too, would, would have very similar stories and things that they tell. And to me, that was that was more affirming than not. And also thinking about that, how would you judge someone who was born in another part of the world with a different set of beliefs based simply on where they were born and and the people right. that raised them and gave these beliefs to them? So, yeah, I right. remember asking those questions a lot when I was growing up and yeah. um, still do. Yeah, still do. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, being raised in the Presbyterian church, I used to ponder how could I know certain things at a certain age that I was when I didn't remember being taught them or didn't know where it came from. And even though I didn't know what to call it, I knew there had to be something more at that point. I just hadn't heard reincarnation yet as a word and a concept until I was older. But I knew that what I was learning at the, in the church was not all there was, that there had to be more to it than what they were giving us. And I think that's where my even as as a youngster, I think that's where my spiritual path in some way started and it kind of moved on from there as I got older. Yeah. Sounds like we all sort of have that same sort of dynamic going on of questioning and beginning to branch out and think about things in a different way. Similar journeys. So where are you yeah. drawn now, Tom? Where Where has that path led you? Well, where I am now, I'm really starting to fit into my own intuition and a handful of friends that are trusted friends that once in a while I'll get something for them, a message for them. Sometimes it's a hard message. Sometimes, you know, it's just a, Hey, heads up. But I've, I've learned to listen to that. And there've been a couple of occasions where I didn't deliver the message and uh, the nagging began, you know, the, from the spiritual side, you, you don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And after a little while of that, you realize I'm not going to get peace and quiet until I deliver this message. So you you set up the stage a little bit and you, you make the call and you say, hey, I, I want you to know, you know, I'm not a professional, but I have this information for you. And uh, I want to give this to you for whatever use you have of it. You decide this is just craziness, then that's okay. That's your choice. But I have to tell you this. And then so you pass that on. And I'm learning with help of others, and, and Lori's been helping me with this as well, to validate some of the early things I'm doing here, just so that I know that uh, what I'm happening is what's happening to me is real. Unfortunately, being so left brain like like we all are, and you have to have a certain amount of validation. Mm-hmm. And you don't install computer systems without testing them. And so we have to test our intuition. Um, that's where I am at the moment. And I'm going to guess that both of you have been down that path at some point. I'm a little bit of a late attendee to this party, but I'm, I'm enjoying the party as I get here. Yeah, I think it, for me, it comes and goes. I don't, I trust it more and more as I've worked, but I've also been doing this for over 30 years. But there are still times when I need validation because it's just, I can't believe that I'm really receiving whatever it is I'm receiving. And so mm-hmm. I think we all need that because we're still human. 
We still right. have that part of, at least I do, that part of my brain that says, really, you're just making this stuff up. Yeah. There's a certain like, amount of brain chatter, as you coined the phrase uh, recently, which yeah. you, you have to learn to discern, which is brain chatter and which is, and the nagging is a, a good, <laughs> it's a good sign that it's not just brain chatter. If you continue to get pushed to pass a message along, that's that's a good sign that you really are getting something that needs to be delivered. Yeah, because that's usually very specific and it continues to be very consistent where brain chatter kind of bounces around, right? And it's always better if you're getting that kind of nagging to deliver the message because you're right, it won't let up. It's relentless. It's relentless. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. um, we were talking about me being under the weather right before we hit record on this, but remember um, when was this year or two ago when I when I had COVID, I had a temperature of probably about 103 and sometimes for me like in those spaces that you know when my resistance is down that's when messages come through i don't think it was that i had a fever i think that it was like my resistance was very much down but i was lying in bed trying to get to sleep and i had uh three words come to me and it would be more interesting if i could tell you what they were but i'm not remembering off the top of my head but they just kept coming over and over and over again. And I just kept turning in bed and it's like, no, I'm not going to do anything with this. Just leave me alone. And I, and it just kept coming and coming. Finally, I opened my phone up and I typed the three words in and I'm like, okay, that's enough. And I'm going to go to bed now. And then three more words came and did the same thing. And finally, I typed those in. And it happened over and over and over again until I had written something that was about a page and a half long, this message wow. and had come through and sent it to myself and and fell asleep. And, and I'm just relating to that nagging feeling like I could not get rest. I could not get to sleep until I got that out. Mm-hmm. And the next day I went back and looked at the message and it was this beautiful, loving, supportive kind of message that I may share or post one of these days. But yeah. I think the message was for me in that case, but it was just my my resistance to to hearing it kind of led to that interaction of sorts. And yeah, yeah. But the nagging is interesting. It's like that almost seems like a validation to me in the sense that yeah, it doesn't go away until you yeah. Resistance is futile. It's like (laughs) at least my experience is spirit is going to find some way to get our attention and get us the message whether we want it or not. So. What I've discovered is, okay, just surrender now and save myself a whole lot of, you know, being bugged for six weeks. You know, just do it now and then I can move on because otherwise Mm -hmm. it's never going to go away. Yeah. And it comes in such odd ways. Sometimes it'll be a, it'll be a song or it'll be something I read or it'll be a person who says it's like they use all kinds of ways to get those messages through. So for you, Tom, it's like. Don't resist, just do what they ask you in the moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to squeeze something in if I can. You sure. said resistance is futile. And um, I'm a big fan of everything we need to know we learned in Star Trek. And <laughs> Star Trek, but lots of movies and lots of media. And so, so much of that turns out in retrospect to have been channeled to teach us some things. But one favorite episode. Uh, that everybody seems to like or hate is the original series of Star Trek. They ended up on some planet where everything they thought of manifested. Mm -hmm. And 
um, for good or worse. You know, it, it could be very good. It could be very bad. Some people ended up with their with their dreams on, and some people ended up being in horrible fights and actually getting killed, which didn't wasn't a permanent situation. But the point of that is, is we were being taught about manifestation mm-hmm. in those. And another movie that comes to mind is the movie Holes, uh, which is little kids kind of in a summer camp that are digging holes. Yeah. And that movie teaches several different concepts about karma in a family sense and in a spiritual family sense. So I won't go into detail about that, but if you're familiar with the movie, you probably understand where I'm going with that. And so many movies, there's a little bit of truth everywhere. There's a little bit of something to be pulled out of every little movie or something that something greater is trying to point out to you is, is something for you to pay attention. And so that's something I noticed going through all of my life. And I always think of that Star Trek reference. And I had to mention it when Lori just, because I was thinking about it just as Lori said, resistance is futile. So I think that's a really important ongoing, continuing driving forces. If you keep your eyes open, there are little signals everywhere, especially in different forms of creative media, not the news and not, you know, whatever strange thing you may be watching on TV, but whatever creative movie or song or different types of things that were created with good intent, there are tidbits and nuggets to be drawn out of everything. Yeah, that is such an interesting thing. I think about going back to Star Trek, what are they called? The tricorders, their communication devices or things. Back when those first episodes were out, we didn't have mobile phones. And now we basically carry something comparable to that. And sure. uh, certainly we envision the future through things that start off maybe science fiction and then become reality because that's where our focus and our ideals are. Like they're they're telling a story about something that could be and then we're making that happen. But I also think about how, yeah, the writers of those shows are also channeling their spiritual experiences and understandings into their stories. So it's like they're pulling on something that's already there, but also manifesting in this at the same point. Yeah. yeah. Right. Whether they know it or not. Right. They may not even be realizing that they are helping us see what the future might look like. You know, Gene Roddenberry was way ahead of his time. Yeah. And he, he maybe he knew, maybe he didn't know that he was showing us what the future could be like because it was being shown to him. Right. Do you think that perhaps a lot of the geniuses, you know, the Einsteins and the Stephen Jobs and all of those folks are channeling, like they are getting their inspirations from something greater than themselves, whether it's interstellar, whether it's spirit, whatever you want to call it. But do you think they're kind of pulling in that information, not just from their own brain, but from other things around them? I, I do think that. And I also think that that's their mission here. And if you look uh, back to uh, Nikola Tesla, you know, he didn't have the grand life that maybe Stephen Jobs had, but he did more for bringing humanity forward and technology than anybody that I can think of. And all that said, he led a very miserable life. He was lonesome and he didn't know, he didn't relate well to people, but he had all these brilliant thoughts, some of which he had to, he had to destroy because they were so powerful that they could be used badly. So he was, in my opinion, he was brought here 
to bring forth all those ideas. It was a dirty job. It was a difficult job. He did his job. And maybe it wasn't just this big parade that we see on TV when the next Apple product comes out. So in answer to your question, Lori, I do think those people were all not only inspired, but that's their job when they came here. They knew they would be doing it. Yeah. And maybe that's true for all of us. We're all here on purpose for some reason, some mission to bring something to the world and some information or support or whatever part of why we're all here and connecting in the way that we do. We should all be so lucky to make that big of an impact, but everybody does make an impact. I think we do, even if it's those, we don't always know the impact we make. That's the thing. And so I think, yeah, we, when you stand back and you look at it, think of all the lives that we touch throughout our life and what changes might've happened as a result of that for that person that we interacted with that we don't even think about. It's just, that's a huge part of it. You don't know all the the people that you've, that you've touched in some way. And I think this is something you were, were telling me at some point, Lori, that a lot of the things that I say to people that I think, oh my God, they think I'm a nutcase or they think I'm <laughs> crazy. And when we part ways, they're still thinking about it and they're thinking, well, maybe there's something to that and they'll continue to work with it. Exactly. And I think that's why we receive messages for others is because they may not appreciate it in the moment, but they'll work with it. They'll stick with them. And at some point it will start to make sense. And we get to just be that messenger, if you will. Maybe that's their form of validation that um, some of the other things I might be saying might have something to them. When you pass a message to them and they find out that's completely accurate, then maybe they'll start paying attention to the other things that you're passing along. 